This podcast contains graphic core that may not be suitable for some viewers. You have been warned. So come one, come all, and join me as we venture to the dark side of the mind. Our first tale follows along the life of a teenage girl who never thought she could ever have a twin, let alone one like this. Jamie sat there on the bus, quietly looking out the window, watching as the houses passed by. It was the day that so far was playing out like any other. Get on the bus, sit alone, and go to school. But as she sat there, she couldn't help but feel like she was being watched. She tried to brush it off, but then she saw something briefly through the window. A girl that looked eerily like herself. That's not possible, though. It's not like she had a twin or anything. The bus ride was short, and with inmates there pulling up in front of the school. She went through the usual motions with nothing out of the ordinary happening. But as she walked into the lunchroom, she stopped in shock as she saw herself already sitting at the table. It's Soon the voices in the lunchroom had become drastically quieter as she walked quickly to the table. Her breath caught in her throat as she stared in shock at the girl who looked exactly like her. Turning to her friends, she lightly tried to shake their arm, but got no reaction. In fact, her hand had gone right through them. She tried again and again, eventually being reduced to screams muffled by sobs. No one noticed her struggle though. They just continued their conversation, smiling and laughing as though there wasn't a monster with her face right in front of them. With nothing else to do, she stared blankly at the girl who wore her face. Just then, for only a second, the imposter flashed an evil smirk at her as she continued her conversation. Jamie stood there in horror as she tried to make sense of it all. Screams of pure rage escaped her lips as she tried to grab the imposter's arm once more but failed yet again. Backing away from the table, she turned and ran from the cafeteria to the bathroom. Standing there in front of a mirror, she realized she looked almost transparent. It was then the imposter walked in and stood behind her. She quickly realized that her once vivid blue eyes were now a diluted blue, and her golden blonde hair was a platinum blonde. What she had once looked like was what the imposter looked like now. The imposter had stolen her entire image. And then the imposter's mouth began to move, forming words that strung to sentences, but it was like she was underwater, taking minutes longer to hear her words, and when she finally could, there were only a whisper. All my life, I've had to be the one no one could see. I've had to be the one no one would care about. Only people who could see me were mother and father, and they pretended I didn't exist. Technically, I suppose my body is still a child buried beneath the dirt somewhere, but that doesn't mean I don't have feelings. They could have acknowledged me at least. I still have feelings. I'm still their daughter. Well, now it's your turn. Have fun. Basically not existing. A demonic laugh escaped her mouth as she turned and walked back to the cafeteria. Silently, Jamie sank to the ground and began to cry as everything set in. This was her life now, if you could even call it that. In our next tale, we look at just how horrible a turn surprises can take. I heard the ring of my phone the screen lit up. Grabbing my phone, I looked at the screen. I got on a message. The message read, Hey, it's been a long time, I thought we could catch up. It wasn't a number I knew, so I brushed it off as someone who grabbed the wrong number. Responding real quick, Hey, I think you got the wrong number. You would have thought that was the end of it, but sadly it wasn't. That bing sounded in my ears once, and then a few seconds later it went off again, and then again, with no time in between. One being right after another, like a siren, they went off. Grabbing my phone, I blocked the number, finally ending the barrage of messages. Panic started to rise in my chest as a single dreadful thought bubbled to the surface of my mind. What if it's Jace? What if someone got my new number? Jace was the last guy I had dated, and at first he'd seem sweet, dropping me off roses at random times with a cute little gift. But as time went on, he got incredibly controlling, not even wanting me to leave the house. He grew more and more jealous by the day and convinced himself I had cheating on him. And after dealing with this for months, I couldn't handle it anymore, and I 
broke it off then. And to say he didn't take the breakup well would be an understatement. For months afterwards, he sent me a rose with a heart card attached to it saying, I love you, baby. Give me a second chance. When that didn't work, he started texting me at random times every day. One day, it'd be at 12 in the morning and another, it'd be at 4 in the afternoon, saying the same thing the card did. And then, when that didn't work, he showed up at my house. At first, he'd seem calm, knocking quietly on the door, but if I didn't answer within a few minutes, he'd start to scream and hit the door as hard as he could. After a week of this happening, I called the police, but he managed to get away just as I got my house. After that, everything stopped, and a few weeks of therapy later, I'd moved past it. But this just brought back the uneasiness that the whole ordeal had caused. On reflex, my heart sank as my phone went off once more, but remembering that I'd blocked the number put me at ease. This time, the message was from my best friend Chrissy. It brought a smile to my face and read, Hey, you should come over. I've got an awesome surprise for you. Wanting to get out of my apartment and forget about everything that had happened, I quickly replied with, Okay, I'll be there in just a bit. I then threw on a pair of jeans and a plain black sweater. Even though it was fairly hot in my apartment, I didn't regret putting on the sweater as I walked into the chilly fall air. Her house was only a short five-minute walk from mine, but the wind still nipped at my cheeks as I walked. When I arrived at her door, there was a large bouquet of red roses and other flowers with no card. Even though it was probably a new boyfriend Chrissy had who was just trying to be romantic, my breath caught in my throat. I picked them up and knocked on our door. She answered quickly with a bright smile on her face as she glanced down at the bouquet of flowers. What were those? I smiled, her bubbly attitude never ceasing to amaze me. They were on your porch. I figured they were a new boyfriend you might have. I don't have a boyfriend. Maybe they're from your last boyfriend. He was cute. Yeah, maybe. Oh, hey, I forgot to mention, another one of my friends is here. I hope you don't mind. I followed her, still involved in my own thought. I had never told her about my last relationship had ended because I hadn't wanted to worry her. As I walked into the room, my blood ran cold, though, as I saw one of the walls was entirely covered with roses and heart cards. I turned to her in confusion and saw she still had that bright smile on her face. Oh, yeah, I have a secret admirer. Well, he's not a secret anymore. That's his over. Immediately, I felt that I should tell her everything that had happened to me, but I couldn't bring myself to speak. Speak. Then I heard a voice coming from a person perched on the couch that I hadn't noticed before. I turned to see someone I didn't recognize, so I smiled politely. He was already smiling, though, as if he was talking of the love of his life. Miss me, he said, that same smile still plastered on his face. I'm sorry, I haven't a clue who you are. I'm offended. How could you not recognize me? We were best friends when we were little. I'm sorry, but I think you're mistaking me for someone else. Hey, Christy, I have to go, but I'm happy for you. I turned to her, but she blocked the door. I frowned in confusion, wondering why she wasn't letting me leave. Don't you want to know who was texting you? Just then, Jace walked down the stairs and smiled. He continued into the living room and sat down next to the other man. Then a girl with a crazy look in her eyes walked up to me from the kitchen. Why did you hurt my brother? She muttered with a look of confused anger on her face. Grabbing my wrist, she dragged me into the living room. When we reached the living room, she shoved me down to the floor and then sat on the couch with two guys. Jace got up from the couch and tossed a few roses on me. This would have all been so much easier if you had just stayed with me. I watched as he sat back on the couch. Just then, Chrissy walked in, holding a knife with a wicked smile on her face. Surprise! On exhales, the welcome to one of you the man who thought you were just having a normal, boring day at work, but he couldn't have been more wrong. Mark sat in his car, making his way down the road back to his house. 
It had been a long day at work. His job was what would be a simple job of checking people at the hotel. But either people were always very rude, or late, or it was always something. But today had been worse than a usual day, because today one couple had been quite odd. It wasn't that they had done anything wrong, it was just they were extremely unnerving. The lady had this crazy look in her eye, and the man was always looking over his shoulder as if he'd done something wrong. At the time, he just assumed they'd left their room messy, but as they walked out the door into their truck, he couldn't help but watch them. The truck they had made them even more suspicious. It was old and beat up, with paint job chipping off here and there, and a broken window to top it all off. That had been earlier, and nothing else had happened to really worry him, so he just brushed the thought away. It was just another weird day at his terrible job. He couldn't wait to get home, relax, sit on the couch, watch some TV, and then go to bed. All he wanted was the little he had left of his day to be normal. He began to relax, telling himself that he was just overthinking everything. As he pulled into his driveway, he heard the familiar crunch of gravel underneath his car's tires. That sound had become a signal of sorts that his day was finally over and he could stop stressing over his job. Taking his keys out of the ignition, he climbed out the car and slammed the door shut, wincing at the loud smack it made. Quickly, he unlocked the door and hung his keys on the hook. Then he made his way to the couch, grabbing the remote, turning the TV on. Flipped through channel after channel, finally deciding to watch a game show he'd never heard of before. Not even ten minutes into the show, and exhaustion was already grabbing at the edges of his mind as he sank deeper into the couch. As he was about to fall asleep, the sound of tires rolling over gravel came from outside. Groggily, he sat up, viewed the TV, and then glanced outside. Normally, if he heard that, he would just assume someone had gotten lost and was just turning around, but that didn't seem likely this late at night. That's when he saw the same blue pickup parked in his driveway. He watched in terror as the couple from earlier climbed out and made their way up to his house. Rushing to grab his phone, he dialed 911 and then made his way up to his bedroom, doing his best to avoid all windows. Quickly, he grabbed the gun out from his stand next to his bed and then ran to the upstairs bathroom. Quietly, he closed the door, locking it and putting a chair under the doorknob for good measure. This was a small bathroom which had no windows. That was the main reason he chose to come here. Finally, the 911 operator picked up as a number of loud knocks hit the front door. He began to be frantically on the phone. 911, what is your emergency? These creepy looking people put up in a pickup truck and they're behind the person my door. Earlier, I'm pretty sure I saw the same truck. It looks like the couple I checked out earlier today from the hotel I work at. They gave me bad vibes and now I know why. I'm begging you, please send someone over quick. Sir, are you still there? Can you tell me your address? Um, yeah, 165 Oak Street. Okay, sir, please remain calm. The police are on their way. Oh, hell, they shot through the lock on the front door and they're inside now. I've locked myself in my bath with my gun, but I don't know if they took the gun or if I'll be able to protect myself. What if there's more people? Sir, please run. Oh my god, I can hear them coming the steps. It sounds like they're opening every door. The police are almost there, sir. They just tried to open the bathroom door and figured out it's locked. They're banging on the door now. They're telling me to let them in. Oh my god, they're scraping the door harder. They just got the door open. Sir, hello, sir, sir. Your call has been disconnected. The police arrived shortly after that, but they were too late. They found Mark in the bathtub with bullet wounds in his knees and head. On the wall, it said, if only they had mentioned the note in the hotel room to him. They later found out about the note they left in the hotel room, warning Mark that they would come over his house later that night. What would you do if the mirror you look into every day to brush your hair or do your makeup wasn't actually a mirror at all, but a portal to a different world, the world you originally came from? In the year 3010, on May 1st, our scientists made an astonishing breakthrough. They perfected the process to immortality. 
After 60 long years, they had finally determined how to properly make the serum and build the nanobots. We started our search for immortality when World War III broke out. It was a horrible war and destroyed most of our world. We are the survivors. We rebuilt our numbers and we are growing. Last month, we reached half a million people. To ensure our people will be able to live their lives without worry, we set out to perfect immortality. It was decided that once people had become immortal, they had become infertile also. That way we wouldn't risk overpopulation. It was also decided that for the best results, the serum would be injected when the next generation was born. The children would be held in the hospital for a week to make sure everything was going properly and then they would be given back to their parents. The nanobots would collect information that would be sent back to the multiple computers in the nanobot lab. The information consists of if the serum was correctly manipulating the child's body. They would also keep track of if the child had gotten hurt and how the child had gotten hurt. We made sure that after their parents had a child, they would be infertile. The parents were also forced to make a choice, become a tear caker or die. Most of the parents blamed their child for this. If this happened, the child were given the serum. They manipulated their memories and found that situation. That way, when they are put into a new home, there would be no trouble. When the generation of immortals reached the age of 20, the nanobots in the system took over for a short period of time. The nanobots then instruct the immortals to kill their caretakers and bring the bodies to the lab where they could be disposed of. The caretakers know their fates and have accepted them. The immortals do not remember any of this, instead they remember that their caretakers moved away and left them all their possessions. Of course, not everyone is born the same day, so that is impossible. Anyone who isn't turning 20 on that day goes into a coma until the killing is complete. That is except for the scientists. This entire process happened simultaneously, so no immortal will ever know what happened. After that, all that will be left is immortals and the scientists. The scientists took a modified version of the serum after every caretaker had been killed. That way the scientists could also become immortal, but we couldn't afford to lose their minds. The immortals are between the ages of 24 and 25, as of right now, so all the caretakers are dead. Everything is going perfectly and hopefully everything will stay that way. After all, our future rests on their shoulders.